Welcome to the Generous Business Owner Podcast, where business owners gain inspiration and encouragement to live a legacy, not just leave one. And now your hosts, Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Welcome, everybody, to the Generous Business Owner Podcast. My name's Jeff Thomas, and I've got one of my co-hosts with me today, Jeff Rutt. Say hello, Jeff. Hey, everybody. And we have a special guest for you today. We have John Houston. Ironically, even though I'm in Houston, I believe he's in Dallas. So John Houston from Dallas, don't be confused. John, say hello. How's everybody doing? I'm excited to be here, guys. Now, John, thanks for being here. John has a home building business, so I'm going to try to get out of the way for most of this podcast and let these home building experts talk. But a company called John Houston Homes, I believe, that he started in 2005. John also wrote a book called uh, Finding My Way Home. We want to hear about that today and a new book he's working on. But let me just start off by welcoming you, John, and start kind of where we start with all our guests, which is tell us a little about how you and where you grew up. Yeah. So you're right. I don't live in Houston. I live in <laughs> Dallas. It's actually South Dallas. And uh, so we, my wife and I both grew up in Waco and literally moved up here to go to, to Bible college. And this, we ended up staying here, not thinking that we would. A little bit about, about my background is that I, I did grow up in Waco and um, literally never thought that I would be where I am today. You know, the Lord was just very gracious and merciful. You know, my brother and I at 11 and 15, I was 11, he was 15. Our parents got a divorce and ended up going two separate ways. And so that's where we actually ended up having to take care of ourselves. So that's actually kind of how I got into uh, business. I kind of had to learn that trial by fire. And, uh, but that's where we started and man, God has just been, been faithful, but it's been a a kind of a crazy journey. Yeah. So you started trial by fire say a little bit more about how did you get into the home building business? Yeah, I got into the home building business. It was kind of a long journey because when we were young, my brother started a landscaping company and that's actually how we got into entrepreneurship in the first place was actually just to survive. And because of by the time I graduated from high school, I was making around 90,000 a year. My brother had already, he had actually moved up here to Dallas from Waco. And that, you know, in 1990, when I graduated, that would be that 90,000 a year would probably be equivalent to about 200,000 a year. So doing really well while I'm in high school and it actually just went to my head. And, you know, I didn't realize that the gift God had given me in business was actually for him, not for me. And man, God took me on this journey and my wife was just fortunate enough to have to go through it with me. That's a joke, by the way, because it was really hard <laughs> to where literally we lost everything and ended up having to, to declare bankruptcy. And that was, man, it was just my God just stripping me of my the very gift that he had given me. I was actually using it for me instead of him. And so he was kind of just allowing me to kind of be broken down so that my faith and my hope and my trust would be in him, not in myself. And uh, so it was about, we had just come out of that, just been out of that about three or four months when I was just really seeking the Lord and, and God just revealed to me that he wanted us to start a home building business for two reasons. Two reasons. One was to reach people for Christ. And the second was to give to the kingdom. And so after we had lost everything, you know, the Lord had taken me to Psalms 24, one that says the earth and everything in it, including its people are God's. So I had rededicated my life to the Lord and said, me and God, I'm all yours. It was about 90 days later when the Lord spoke of that. And, uh, and so it was a different mindset because I was saying, man, I'm, 
this business is yours. Do what you want to do with it. And I'm just going to follow you to the best of my ability. And uh, so we put a business plan together. We're excited about it, but we didn't feel like the Lord was telling us to go. And so we kept praying and kept praying and kept planning and kept praying. And about five years later is when the Lord actually said go. And that's when we actually started the business. So that was, we're going on next year will be 17 years. So we're about 16 and a half into it right now. So John, talk a little bit for our listeners out there who may be going through a, a rough journey through the wilderness. What was that like? What was that low point like? What drew you towards Jesus? What drew you, what helped carry you through that low time? You know, it was a multiple things. I've actually thought about that multiple times, you know, when in the midst of it, you know, I probably would have said it was just my grit, but looking back on it and reflecting back on that time, you know, God was so gracious to me that when I, when I would just slow down and try to listen to him and do the best I could, because there were a lot of days I got up and, and honestly didn't feel like I had much value or anything to add because we were at the bottom, you know, and my value, I'd had so many people tell me how great I was at business when business was great. But then when we were going through a really challenging time and losing it all, that's when people were telling me how bad I was, you know, and I had issues in my heart and issues in my life. I needed to get corrected with God. And that's why I was going through this. And really looking back on it, you know, I think their intent was good, but really they were missing the point. And really what God was doing was he was just trying to get hold of my heart. Mm. He was trying to really just get me to see him. And it wasn't a that he was mad at me. It wasn't that he didn't like me. It was that because it's Romans 2, verse 3 and 4 in the message version, it says, I'm a kind God, but I'm not a soft God. I'm going to take you firmly by the hand and lead you to radical life change. And that's what God was doing for me is that he was grabbing hold of me and just taking me on this journey. And so, man, if somebody's going through some, some really hard times right now, which we all do, it's just a matter of, is it this season that we're in it? Or is it going to be next month or six months? Or when is it? You know, man, I just want to encourage me. And for years, one of the things God tells me every day when I'm praying is he's, he tells me three things. I love you. I love you. I love you. And he says, man, don't forget above all else. That's what matters. If you, all the things you do, you can build businesses, you can build 600 houses a year. You can have a title company. You can have a mortgage company. You can do all these things. You can give all this money to the kingdom. But if you forget about that, you forget about the whole purpose and why I want to have a relationship with you anyway. And so for me, that's still today, whether I'm going through good days or bad days, what God continues to tell me is don't forget about that because that's what matters to him is he just wants us to know that he loves us and that he is our hope and he's our answer. And when these things seem terrible today, yeah, I'm confident if we press into the Lord and ask him to, to be our peace, then, you know, tomorrow won't look like today. Absolutely. It doesn't mean that all your problems will go away, Yeah. but man, we just got to keep pressing in. I mean, this may be a little off topic, but I just kind of feel like the Lord's wanted me to say this. You know, even today, as we do this podcast, I got to be honest with you. When I got up this morning, I had a headache. I didn't feel the greatest. You know, the mortgage, we have a mortgage company. The market's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Got supply chain issues, all these things going on. I was like, man, I don't have time to do a podcast. <laughs> and, uh, and I honestly just had to press into the Lord and go, God, you got to change my heart and my attitude because yeah. I got up this morning. And why did I get up with a bad attitude? <laughs> and um, But I just did. And that's, so that's just me being real that there's yeah. days where that just happens, you know, but it's yeah. real life. 
It is. And just as I as I pressed into the Lord, you know, the Lord took me to a passage in Acts, and it says, "In Him, which is in God, in Him we live, we move, and we breathe." And He was just reminding me that, man, it's not about what you do. It's not about all that you've accomplished. It's not even about what I'm calling you to do. It's that in me is your everything. And so just go enjoy your day is what the Lord, I really feel like the Lord said, but have keep your mind stayed on me and walk in wow. perfect peace. Wow. And um, so for your listeners out there that I'm confident, some of them are having a great day and some of them are having a really challenging day. Don't forget to let's keep our minds on the Lord because there may be a day I need you guys to encourage me. Yeah. And God is just asking me today to encourage you. Yeah. So Wow. That's good stuff, John. So before I want to hear more about your business today, I would like to, but before we go there, tell us a little bit about your family today. Yeah, man. You know, I've been married this coming January. It'll be 30 years to me and my wife is just wonderful and I love her. And I've got two kids. I've got a 24 year old and a 20. She would say she's 21 because she'll be 21 next month. And uh, yeah, so my daughter is at Oral Roberts University. She's studying business. And our son actually works for us as a content writer in a company we have called Suit and Shepherd. Awesome. Awesome. Great. So fast forward today. Tell us a little bit about your business. Yeah, we're in the home building business. So it's uh, it's been a little bit of whiplash uh, the last couple of years. But I know you've been extremely successful here over the last few. Uh, approximately, how many homes are you building a year? Tell us a bit geography. You know where you guys build. A little bit about your philosophy. Yeah. So this year, even with a you know, we originally had projected we would close about six twenty five this year. We had to we made some adjustments actually in February, even before the market slowed down. We felt like the Lord was telling us, "Hey, I want you to slow down." And so we readjusted our budget for five twenty five. And we'll probably close. We actually just had a meeting about it. We think we'll actually close about 535 this year. So great year. So we're basically, if you know much about Dallas, we're south. So we're if you if you just drew a line with Interstate 20 all the way across the southern part of the Metroplex, that's where we build, and we build from there all the way down to just north of Austin. Oh wow! Uh, okay. Which you know the Belton area is pretty much where we go. So we hit Waco, Belton, Temple, and then a lot of these southern areas in the Metroplex. Yeah. And John, I know just a little bit about your company, but tell us a little bit, dig a little bit deeper for our listeners who don't know how you weave both just sharing Christ through your business, through some of your employees and some of the the activities that you did, you're involved in. And uh, yeah, the just how generosity kind of flows out of uh, what could just normally be a vanilla home building business. Yeah. So, man, I was very, very blessed that early, early on, the Lord sent a plumber, actually, uh, as a mentor for me, that a guy that had actually been my kindergarten Sunday school teacher named Danny Kent. And, man, he's actually the one that I credit back to actually showing me a new way of doing business. And literally what, you know, through his mentorship and things that he's taught us really when God told us to to use our business to reach people of Christ and give to the kingdom, if you remember those old weighted scales, we constantly have to try to keep that balance of if mm-hmm. we get so focused on reaching people that we're not profitable, we're not going to keep reaching people. <laughs> but if we focus so much on the bottom line that we're not reaching people, then we're not accomplishing what God told us to do. And we've lost focus on the purpose. Mm-hmm. So we constantly have to bring those things back in balance. 
And so for us, we kind of broke it down. We believe, you know, for every one house we have, we try to keep it really simple for our staff. For every one house we that we actually build, we have 60 touch points. And so what that means is in home building, in new home building construction, in, in a normal market, for every one prospect we have, or actually one contract that we do, we'll actually come in contact with about 10 prospects. And we remind our salespeople, God didn't tell us to sell houses. He told us to reach people. So those 10, all 10 of those people are just as important as the one we write the contract for. Why did God bring them into your model today? You know, just love them, live life with them, but also study and show yourself approved to be the best in business, best in class. So that if the time comes to write the contract, you're ready, right? So then you go to the next stage, which is a builder. When we're building the house, there's approximately 42 subs and suppliers. So for us, that's one framer. That's one plumber. You know, it's one individual. We all know if you've ever seen a house get framed, there's not just one framer on the job. (laughs) Hopefully, you know, in this market, you never know. There might be. Uh, But our hope is that there's at least six or so. And, yeah. But keep it simple. Keep it on the one. So there's 42 touch points there. And then it takes approximately eight people to close the house, which is a title company, surveyor, different people like that. And so for us, that's kind of what motivates us. If we have 60 touch points just to live life with people, just yeah. to love them where they are and serve them, whether my staff are believers or whether they're not believers, they can still engage in like our purpose statement for our company is helping people find their way home. Hmm. It's a capital H, so that's eternal home, but because it's real estate, our, all of our staff, whether they're believers or whether they're not, they get that. And how do we do that? Well, we do that by being a joyful, hope-filled, loving guide. So all those things are biblical principles, but our staff, they don't have to be believers to be able to execute that. And so hmm. long story short, those 60 touch points are giving us all purpose on why we come to work. We come to work to fulfill the vision and the purpose that God has given us. Whether you're a believer or whether you're not, you're still part of this team and you're still part of this family. And and so it gives us an opportunity to reach internally and externally, which is why I love what I do. But if you think about that, let's just use an easy number. You know, if we we close 500 houses this year and we have 60 touch points, that's thousands of people that we have the opportunity to reach every year. Um, 30,000. Yeah. Say it again. 30,000 maybe? Yeah, 30,000. Right? You know, and so for us, we go, okay, are we maximizing those opportunities? So we try to use different methods through our all staff meetings, through roundtables, through different stuff like that to help our staff, regardless of where they are, see value in people. And our job is to love them and serve them where they are. And by us doing that and adding value and serving our own employees, we're adding value to them and it's that way is how we've actually seen a lot of our own staff come to know Christ. A lot of our own customers come to know Christ. I believe if I'm not leading the way as the CEO, then I can't expect our staff to do it. But man, you want to talk about an impact when you have another way that we do it is when you have an employee that's going through marital issues and we pay for counseling for them to go to counseling and their life is, their marriage is restored through prayer And through counseling, all of a sudden, a lot of those people, when they come to Christ, man, they're sold out for the purpose and what God's called us to do through these businesses because it's impact and change their life. And that actually really, I get more motivated about that than I do closing a house and making a high margin. Although that's important and you got to be profitable, that's what motivates me and gets me excited. So that's, that's kind of how we do it. So we have, 
we have a bunch of different ways we do that. We do mission trips. We do marriage counseling. We do, we give our staff opportunities to give, you know, because we want them to learn how to be generous. We want them to be part of, you know, what we do, because we believe that when God says, you know, give to the kingdom, that means our companies, not just my personal finances. And so each one of our companies actually pay tithe and they give offering. Yeah. So John, this is really rich. And so I'm, I don't want to go past this because uh, that this is different than a lot of businesses would just write a check to a charity and that's their generosity. You talked about two things. I'd love you to go a little bit deeper for our listeners on. And, and the one is giving opportunities for your staff to give. And the other one was the mission trips. So maybe spend a little bit of time on each one of them. Yeah. Well, the mission trips, man, it's funny because we went on, I love lo- the local church, by the way. So when I say this, nobody, you know, throws stuff at me. But the reality is what's funny is even our own church that we go to, which I love and I've been part of forever, when we first started doing mission trips and we wanted to do some with the church, we sent some of our staff on a mission trip that we coordinated, but we took some church people with us. Well, 30% of our staff that went on that mission trip weren't even saved. So they're smoking, they're cussing, all that kind of stuff. And the people on the trip are like, what is this? What kind of mission trip is this? Well, those are the mission trips I love. Go love and serve Jesus. Give people an opportunity to see Jesus at work. Yeah. You know, in in the real world, and it'll change their life, you know. And so that's the kind of mission trips we do is that we take, I don't care if you're a believer or whether you're not, let's go. I want you to go with us. And so we actually give them time off. So we give them three days a year that they can actually use to go on a mission trip. And it's got to be a mission trip that we organize so that we know the partners that we're working with. And so, but what we do is we, then we also say, you guys, you pay the first 50% of your mission trip and then we'll pay the second half. So we want them to have to engage, yeah. you know, even financially in what's going on. So not just a free vacation. And I love that because it's actually allowing our staff to see when we say we go reach people, you know, around the world, that's what we mean. We want them to go experience it and taste it and see it and experience it for their own lives. And that's what changes it. Well, part of doing that also is how we incorporate them into the giving side. We give them opportunities to do different types of things that they might be passionate about. And we have goals. We do a lot of times we'll do matching things that we'll say, hey, the company, or sometimes even my wife and I will say, hey, we really feel like this is a very uh, purposeful mission that God has called us to do. You know, for example, One Hope is one of our partners. Well, that's an easy, tangible thing to say, hey, for every $1 that we give, they can get the word of God to three kids around the world. And so that's, we can say, hey, we'll do the first 25000 but we want you guys to raise 25000 of your own money. Well, it's engaging them into uh, generosity, and then they see the blessings of that. And so what's cool about that is over the years, what we've ended up seeing is we've ended up having our staff where we're saying we'll pay for 50% of somebody's missions trip. Now we actually have staff that will say, Hey, you know, Joey can't go on this mission trip because he's got three kids that are under the age of three. You know, they're just going through some challenging time, but I really feel like he's supposed to go. So I'm going to pay his 50% for him. Wow. That's cool. Um, Yeah. So it's so cool to see that taking root in their own hearts and, uh, and so it's just, it's just being creative and saying, Hey, instead of us just, put, just putting our money, at, the money God's mm-hmm. funneling through us out there, why don't you guys engage with us and you be part of the blessing that God has for your life 
in whatever way he decides to bless you. And so it's just giving them opportunities to engage. Yeah, that's a real promotion of generosity. Talk a little bit about some of the other ways that uh, you make it possible for your staff to give. Yeah. So, you know, there's other ways that we actually try to bring our, not only our staff, but our staff and our trade partners and our suppliers into it. And what we do is that, you know, we'll do community type projects. You know, there's, you know, one of the ones that I'm thinking about that we did not too long ago in Ellis County was that there was a a women's shelter that really just needed to be updated because it wasn't really what I would even consider very livable. And so that was a way we could engage our, our employees, but we could also engage our partners and say, hey, will you guys come alongside us on this project? Let's all pitch in not only just money, not only supplies, but also man hours. And actually, we work with them to actually help redo this house where all these ladies' lives are being changed for the Lord. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I know there's a lot more. There are a lot more areas. I know you've been involved in Charity Homes for Hope. I know you've been involved in tons of other generous activities and promoting generosity within your corporation, within your staff, within your whole team. So thank you. Back over to you, Jeff. Yeah, John, I love hearing this story of ups and downs. You know, one of the things that luckily we didn't have to encourage you to do it, but none of us like hearing stories none of them are real anyway that go up and to the right without a dip along the way. So, you know, you've had these dips and I think we all have those periods. I love how you talked about that. Tell us a little about your book, Finding My Way Home. Why'd you write the book? Yeah, you know, I wrote the book because, you know, we all have challenges. You know, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God, but it's only through Christ that my life has been changed and transformed in so many ways, restored. And so for me, it really was just sharing that hope of wherever you are, you're not too lost. You're not too broken. God has a big plan for your life. And I just wanted people to see the journey that, that and experience the story of my life, because really what's important to me is as they read my story, I want them to understand they all have a story. Every one of us have a story. And my hope for writing the book was that as you read my story, you can relate it to your own life in certain aspects and actually see how, even when we don't recognize it, sometimes God is in the midst of it. He's in the midst of our story, no matter where we are. And, you know, I even want to go back on one thing, you know, for the homes for hope that you guys do, you know, last year was one of the most challenging years for us as a company, because which is just like it was for so many people, but we had so many, you know, uh, supply chain issues, so many timing issues, customers were frustrated. And one of the things that I love, you know, is that in the midst of that story that God was writing, our leaders said, Hey, this would be a year we need to make sure we do a couple of those homes for hope. And the reason why we need to do it is because in the midst of this crazy chaos, our staff needs to remember there's a bigger purpose. And so us being able to do that with you guys, we're really, it wasn't really something we had to come up with. It wasn't something we had to We didn't have to do anything different than what we were already doing, but we were doing it with a bigger purpose that wasn't just about us and building our bottom line. And so when I wrote the book, that was really the hope is Mm. is that if people can see that book or they, as they read that book, they can see the hope in Christ in their own life. The book's not about me. It's about the story that God was writing with my life. And that's what I hope that people see is that God is writing a story with your life and 
have we recognized that God's in the midst of those stories? Amen. Amen. Can I just add one thing before you go on, Jeff, that if, I believe if Jesus were here today in South Dallas, he would be leading missions trips with it. He'd have a minimum of at least one third non-believers going on the missions trips that, uh, and he would be, you know, just on the journey with them. So I love that. And I just yep. think that's a true, uh, just an amazing example of generosity and, and being a reflection of Christ's love to your team. Yeah. And you know, what's cool about it guys is that, you know, one of the reasons why I love doing it is it, in ways it challenges my faith. I love living life. I love living life with, with unbelievers because they'll ask you the real hard questions and it teaches me how to love people better where they are. And it reminds me that, you know, we've all been there. And if it wasn't for the grace of God, we would still be there. That's the only thing that separates us, you know, from an unbeliever is Christ. And so that's why I love doing that stuff, because it just reminds me of God's grace and his mercy. And if somebody didn't show me that, then I wouldn't know the difference. Amen. You mind if we just go back, John? I love I, You have such a heart for these, for people who are kind of seeking and that sort of thing. And I just keep having this picture. We kind of quickly went through this story where you were doing great early. And then, I mean, bankruptcy, that's no small thing while you're married and then reemerge. What happened at the bottom? Was there like a turning point for you in your faith journey at that time? You know, there really was. And what I would say is, is that I, when I went to Bible college, you know, some of this, you read all this in the book, so I won't go into a lot of detail, but, you know, I had grown up in a, what I would consider a very legalistic church. And so they were really quick to tell me what I was doing wrong and how I was living in sin. And because my dad had had an affair with the women's children's pastor and my mom was an alcoholic. My sister got pregnant at 16. You know, we were like the black sheep of the, mm. of the church. And uh, I was told, hey, don't come to church dressed like that because, you know, you need to go home and change before you come. And so by the time I got to Bible college, man, I was like, these people are like, why am I even doing this? And then all everything kind of hit the head when I was a sophomore in Bible college. We had, my wife and I had been married about a year and a half. And I was in Bible college for a business degree, but at the time I had to get a Bible degree as well, or you, they, you couldn't graduate from Bible college. And so here I am, and I've got all these Bible teachers and I've got all these business teachers. Well, all of a sudden I get a call at one night. And my mom says, you know, she's drunk and she says, Hey, I'm going to take my own life. Well, I'd heard that for 10 years. And that was the first time I ever said, mom, you know what? I, there's nothing else I can do. Like I've helped you and helped you and helped you. And here I am, you know, probably 22. And I'm like, you know, why don't you go to bed and I'll call you in the morning. So I hang up and didn't have any idea that that was the night she was actually going to take her life. And so that's the night she actually committed suicide. You know, and if you're, if you're somebody that struggles with that, man, I want you to know my heart yearns for you. We pray for, for that depression because it's a real thing. And, you know, I just encourage people to get the help they need to get. You know, but it was a it was an eye opening moment for me because all these financial things were happening in the midst of that. I go to my Bible teachers, or I, let me start with my business teachers. I go to my business teachers, and I'm like, man, you know, my mom committed suicide. I got to go. I got to take care of this, and I have no idea what to even do. But I know I got to go clean all this up and try to get that taken care of. And all my business teachers said, hey, you go take the time you need to take, and when you come back to school, we'll figure out school. All my Bible teachers said. Hey, don't forget, if you have to miss more than two of my classes, you need to drop the class. 
and it was at that point that man you know on top of people calling me and telling me i can't believe your mom went to hell because she did that just all this crazy stuff honestly if i'm just being real with your listeners i was like you know what and this is the truth i just told god i said you know what god screw you and screw your people because i don't want to follow you anymore if this is how your people are if this is your representatives what's the point and god allowed me to go on this journey for about a year after that of me just just telling god i'm not interested in you but I never fully disconnected from God and God continued to put people in my life just to love me where I was. And about a year later, I just remember feeling like the Lord was speaking to me and saying, son, I love you. Do you want to come back? Mm. Like, I want you. I want to be your father. Wow. And I would say that was the turning point is that I said, you know what, God, this is a lonely, dark road that I'm on and I don't want to live this way. And praise God, God had actually put a lot of good people in my life too, that were just loving me where I was. And I had a mentor right after that that said, I want to challenge you on that. You can do, you can live life one of two ways. You can look at it and like, and, you know, be mad at the people that aren't living the right way or that aren't teaching you the right things. Or you can look at what am I learning from the people that are and what can I learn from those people? And so he said, start taking a list of these are the things I want to do and the way I want to live. And these are the ways I don't want to live. And so I did that for years and I, I just said, man, I'm going to learn from those who are faithful followers of Jesus that walk in the fruit of the spirit and that I see it consistently. And I'm not going to let those people that don't bug me and get me off track. I'm going to actually learn from them and recognize those things in my own life. And so that was kind of the journey. God was taking me on this spiritual journey of dying to myself mm-hmm. um, and going through a lot of this pain and this suffering because he wanted me to be completely dependent upon him. And so that was probably the bottom for me. And just as I started coming out, that's when God actually started really showing me probably a year and a half later that my heart was greedy. And that's why my focus was off. I was actually more focused on how much money could I make. And I knew the right terminology to say, hey, I'm doing this for God. And when I start making more money, I'll give. But God was like, no, this is a heart issue. It's not a business process issue. And so I had to go to the depths of my heart and go, okay, God, show me where I really am. Mm-hmm. And that's where God really started showing me that really I, I was greedy and I really wanted to build John's kingdom, not his kingdom. And by him allowing me to go through that process of losing my mom, losing, you know, almost everything of value other than my wife, you know, and I include my relationship with the Lord on that because I walked away from the Lord, mm-hmm. getting to a place where what other option do I have? And by then, you know, my three-year-old at the time, my son was three and he was staring at the coffee table one day and he said, I said, son, what are you thinking about? And he said, well, I'm thinking about King Nebuchadnezzar and how God made him eat grass. (laughs) And that was like, I went to Bible college. I don't remember that story. And he was three. (laughs) And I pick up the Bible and I go through it. And the very first thing that I read was that story is said, and King Nebuchadnezzar looked out over his kingdom and thought, look what I've done. And God took it away from him. Hmm. And God's like, son, when are you going to learn? That's what I'm trying to teach you. And so it was these defining moments along the way that I can't just say it was just this one. Mm-hmm. But there were these multiple defining moments in my life that God was reminding me, man, I've got you. But I need you to do it my way, not your way. And, uh, and you know what's crazy about it, guys? When I think about business and I think about generosity is it is so much better and so much more freeing 
when I realized I don't own anything. The seven businesses that are in my name, they're not mine. They're his, and I'm simply the steward, which the definition of stewardship is managing somebody else's estate. I'm simply just stewarding what is God's. So the reality is it's his responsibility, not mine. Mm-hmm. But my responsibility is to seek him, seek wise counsel, make the best business decisions and the best life decisions that we can. And even with the budgets, even with generosity, it's, you know, we don't, my wife and I don't look at it like we get to choose how much we give. No, we get to ask God, how much of your money do you want us to actually give to the kingdom and where do you want us to give it? And man, it's so much more fun. It's so much more freeing because I'm not carrying that weight and that pressure around of feeling like I got to figure it all out. You know, I just get to get up today and go, okay, now what? And, uh, and it's a long process. If somebody's listening and they're not at that place today, it's a day by day. It's a day by day journey. And you take the one step you can take today to take that step in the right direction, you know? Well, and I think that's uh, man, what a powerful story. I'm just sitting here. You know, one of the things Jeff Rudd and Alan Barnhart and I talk about as the co-host of this thing a lot. And one of the reasons we started this podcast is that, you know, we're just a bunch of business people, man, trying to honor God with our businesses. And, you know, one of the things we've talked about all the time is we're all in ministry. It's not just people that are working at churches or at a Bible college that are in ministry. And I think, you know, I'm sitting here thinking you're a pastor and your pulpit is in your business and you're kind of a megachurch pastor because you're touching 30,000 people <laughs> with your business at least every year. That's not even, I think you underestimate probably once you put all the vendors and everything in there is probably a bigger number than that. And you're reaching a few new ones today. And so as we're talking about that, and, and then also like the depth of the pain that God allows also is equivalent to the potential of the ministry you have. God does not waste that pain, but he gives you a ministry if you're willing to use it. And so I could just, it's just so parallel. I know that we can hear it just listening to you of the pain you've gone through, but then how you're helping other people in your lack of judgment and in, in sharing God's wisdom for what they're going through. So that just really comes through. And you were talking about, we can get better every day. And you know, the way we always try to wrap these podcasts up, John, as, as you know, is to just ask a practical question, right? There's a, there's a business owner maybe who's struggling a little bit right now with this, this kind of recession going on here. And maybe they're trying to come out of this thing. They're not sure what direction to go. What's maybe just a practical tip you could share with that person to try to just get a little better tomorrow? Yeah, you know, and I don't mean this to sound preachy because it's not preachy. This is just how I live my life. You know, I take people to John 10, 10 that says my sheep will know my voice and follow me. And so, you know, there's a hot, we could have a whole nother theological conversation around that. And that's not my, I'm not the guy. That's not my thing. I'm just telling you how I do it. But if you went to John 10, 10, and it says my sheep will know my voice, man, I, I say, just find a quiet place, shut mm-hmm. your door, tell God, like tell him, man, this is hard, dude. Like I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm frustrated. God, what am I supposed to do today? You know, and, and whatever comes to your mind, write it down. Then look in the scriptures and see what does God say about, you know, so for me, sometimes I'm weary. That's the, when I ask God that I'll be, he'll be like, you're tired. And so I go look up a verse. Okay. What does the Bible say about being tired? You can Google it. You know, where does the Bible talk about being tired? And I look that verse up 
And then I simply just ask God, man, what are you trying to tell me through that verse? How can I apply that to my life today? And if you do that every day, over time, you're holding on to these passages. You're holding on to the word of God. It's becoming in your heart. Then when you're tired, you remember, wait, I remember this verse that I, you know, I studied six months ago. And it's just a reflection point that you can go back to, because I believe, especially as high level leaders, not I'm going to backtrack that as anybody that's on this earth and this planet. I think that's what God wants us to do is just go back to him. Here is still small voice. Listen. And, you know, it's just learning practical steps that we can take. And I share some of those in the book. And we also have just because this is probably one of the most common things that I get asked about is there's our website, meetjohnhouston.com. There's actually a guide that actually just shares this is how we do it. So it's free. If you go to our website, you're welcome to get it for free. And it's just a practical step that you can take in that. And so for me, I know, you know, a lot of business people want a more, you know, something that's tangible. And to Mm -hmm. me, this is the one that's changed my life. It's changed the whole trajectory of my life. So that's the encouragement I would give them. I think that's a perfect place to wrap it up. Jeff, you want to say well, something real one, quick before just we wrap? One last, one last thing before we sign off, John, I understand you have, you started a podcast. So I'd love for you to just uh, share with our listeners where they can find that. What's the name of your podcast? Yeah, you can go to our website. I'm looking it up. Make sure I tell you guys just right. But it's the John Houston podcast. Okay. I don't do very good advertising myself, but you can connect there through meetjohnhouston.com. Okay. That's where you can get some of our material. That's where you can get the podcast. And it's really the same. It's not exactly like what you guys are doing, but it's really just sharing practical steps on on how do we operate day to day. Yeah. Awesome. Bringing on some other business leaders that are doing things that we're not doing and we can learn from them too. So it's one of those things where we can learn from each other. So great. Well, thank you, John, for being on the podcast. This has been extremely encouraging. Really appreciate, really grateful for your transparency and your. You're sharing your journey with us. I think our listeners are going to benefit immensely from your time sharing with us today. Man, thank you guys so much for having me. Thank you guys for what you're doing, both in your business and Homes for Hope, you know, across everything that God is having you guys touch. Thank you for being faithful men and women of God. All right. Thanks, Jeff and John. And thanks to all our listeners for tuning in to this week's Generous Business Owner Podcast. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Generous Business Owner Podcast with Jeff Thomas, Alan Barnhart, and Jeff Rutt. Make sure to follow the podcast so you don't miss an episode. You can find the guest contact information in the show notes. Stay tuned for the next episode.